0: This is the Death of a Dream podcast with your host, Hannah Nuss. That's right, I'm back. Hello, everyone. Let's start with our great thing. So this is where we are intentionally recognizing and saying out loud, if you can, and I suggest that you do, um, one great thing from the day before or even from your day today, however it works for you. Um, my great thing yesterday was, hmm, scanning through yesterday. You know, this is a great practice to also be grateful for how great you are. A lot of times we're grateful for how great everything else is. But let's go ahead and recognize ourselves in that picture too. Ah, one great thing from yesterday. Yesterday, I had, um, you know, more, even more realization. I'm kind of collecting data for a hypothesis that I kind of have in my head or a theory. And yesterday, more of the data aligned with what I wanted to. That's still not saying that I'm right. Um, but the data is sort of lining up. So that's exciting stuff. You know, anytime that you have a thought in your head and it actually is a valid thought, that's a great thing. So that was my great thing yesterday. And hopefully you take some time to recognize greatness in yourself today. <sighs> so I want to kind of go back back, because if you're just joining now and you haven't had a chance to spare a good portion of your life and go back to the beginning of this podcast, which if you do, let's see, that's a half hour, five days a week. So that will take you, this is our 87th episode, if you went all the way back to the beginning and there a half hour and we did for five days, let's see, one, two two and a half hours per week. Yeah, it's going to take some time to catch back up. So today I want to kind of do a recap of how we got here, where we've been and where we're headed. That'll be the interesting part because I'm not sure I have it all figured out yet. But every step in the direction of living my dream gets me one step closer. So here we go. So we started this podcast really based on the fact that my, the death of my first dream that I had for my life, inevitably set a trajectory for where I would head from there, completely changed what I thought I was capable of dreaming, completely sidelined and sped off into what I thought was possible and a good majority of my life I just didn't think that it was up to me a good majority of my adult life when I was younger I thought it was completely up to me um So the first death of my dream was probably around first or second grade. And I can't remember which I had said that I wanted to be a doctor and my teacher at that point or a counselor or who knows who this person was. I can't remember who it was. I can't put a face to it, um, said, oh, okay, well, you have to be really smart and really good at math and you're you're um not great at math uh and you're gonna have to have a lot of money to go to school like that, so right then and there, I was like, "Oh, okay, never mind, <laughs> never mind, no, I get it, I get it. You have to like you know y- you have to align with what's possible for your life, I get it, okay." So then I thought, well, I don't want to go through that again. I guess if it's not really up to me, it's up to these things that I can't really control, then I'll kind of let other people decide. So I don't think that I said out loud what I wanted to do with my life after that point. And the next point where people started deciding things for me was when I... Grew super tall, super fast. And everybody was kind of saying, hey, Hannah, do you play basketball? I bet you'd be so good at basketball. Because at that point, I was about the height that I am now. So around six foot in sixth grade. Um, I mean, maybe a little less tall. So probably more like 5'10". But really about sixth grade, I was probably around that height. So that's what everybody kept saying to me. Oh, I bet you're really good at basketball, 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 basketball. So that morphed into me being like, oh, okay. So the last time that I dreamt something, I was obviously way off. But here are people telling me something that I could be really good at. So this is how dreaming works. You don't get to come up with it, but people can tell you what it's supposed to be. So true to me and who I am, I dove in head first. Okay, that's what you're telling me? I'm going to be good at this basketball thing? Okay, I can do that. And even truer to me, I set the biggest, most audacious goals for myself. And my walls were lined with pictures of WNBA stars and um, Michigan Wolverines (laughs) basketball team and all the things because I was going to go division one and be a division one basketball player no question right and I set that at about sixth grade about the first time that someone had told me and verified that I must be good at this basketball thing and boom Okay so that was the first thing that anybody had really recognized that I was good at and more than just my parents had recognized and acknowledged that I should take up space there and so I went with it and that moment and it morphed a little bit into volleyball instead of basketball because I just happened to be better at volleyball and either way That's what I was going to do. I was going to be a division one athlete. Volleyball or basketball didn't really matter. That's interchangeable. Um, But that's what I was put on this earth to do. And so I chased that like crazy. And I don't end up getting a division one scholarship for volleyball. But, you know, it probably had a little bit to do with my connections and the fact that I didn't start playing volleyball until halfway through my eighth grade season. So I just didn't have as much visibility as most kids did at that point. Uh, And I was just kind of behind the eight ball. So I don't get a division one scholarship, but I do get a junior college nod, and they're willing to take me. And so that's what I did. Because taking that junior college bid means I still have a shot, right? I could still go D1 out of a junior college. And so that's then the next vision that I have for my life. And I'm chasing it. And all of a sudden, I realize uh, probably about halfway through my freshman year, maybe a little bit later, um, that it's not going to happen. That division one, anything is not in my future. And I crumble. I realize even when people tell you what you're supposed to be, even that's not enough. And so you better start protecting yourself because you look like a fucking idiot now. You just told everyone, everyone that you know, that this is what you're going to do. And now you have to face all of those people. And they're just laughing at you. They knew you couldn't do it. And here you are not doing it. Great job. What a loser you are. They were right. And so then I'm like, okay, Sitting in this super small space of mine, thinking through all of the terrible decisions that I've made up until this point, and how dreaming, fine, is up to you, but... You better dream the safest dreams possible. You can dream a little bit outside, but let's be as safe as possible. So right in that moment, right in that low space after I had just taken the biggest blow since the first time I was told that my dreams weren't right, I my dream died. Crash and freaking burn. And I should have seen the writings on the wall, but I didn't. I just... Fearlessly chase this dream, believing in myself and what I was capable of. And I didn't get there. Right? So, in this small, insignificant place that I was sitting in after my freshman year of college, and there were a lot of things that surrounded why I was feeling even smaller in that moment, I dream new dreams for my life. Those dreams were super small for me. So, the dreams that I dream are based off of what other people had said about me. So, the first one that I would work in healthcare, which that's still just long stemmed from me wanting to be a doctor back when I was little. (laughs) And yes, I have thought, okay, you can go to school, you can be a doctor. But what I know about myself now is that that wouldn't serve my calling. It would in some ways, but it wouldn't fully serve who I'm going to be. So yes, I've thought about it. Did Someone just deterred me from what I was meant to be and I should go after it now. Yes, I've thought about it, but no, that wouldn't have been the right path. So it's great that they did because here I am. Um, But I dream my professor in graphic design school said, hey, so you're good at this, but you aren't like our other students who are really excelling. But you definitely have an eye for design But you're like super social and I think you'd be really good as like a creative director or as a marketing um, presenter because a lot of these students that you're sitting with could not do that even if they wanted to. But if you can, you're really good at communicating an idea. And, and being able to understand what a graphic designer is thinking. So you can help bridge those gaps. You should go into, you should continue your degree and go into public relations and marketing. And so I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, so I want to get into the healthcare space. And somehow that morphed into this first dream. That I sent from my low place. Work in a public relations department in a hospital. Okay. Do that. And my second dream was to also, while doing that, coach a high school volleyball program. Okay. So, I finish my degree. I keep playing volleyball. Not Division One, but just keep playing because I generally just enjoy it. Um... I coach a little college, then I move back to my hometown, coach a little high school. Okay, so to be a head coach of a high school volleyball program, I coach a little high school as an assistant. I am working at an assisted living and about four years in to this track of not getting exactly where I'm headed, but taking necessary steps, I land a job. At a hospital, in public relations. And about a half a year after that, I land a head head coach high school volleyball position. And about six years after I had set the goals for my life, my entire life, I reached them. Right. And this isn't to say, oh, Hannah, you're so great. No, this is saying I had set, I had been so jaded with what this was supposed to look like, with what your dreams are supposed to look like based on what other people thought about you, that I dreamt such small and safe dreams for my life and for what I was capable of. And these weren't true to me necessarily. Yes, I enjoy what I do, but these were based on what other people thought of me, not based on what I actually wanted to do or what I actually was capable of, more importantly. So then I'm like, well, okay, you already reached these things. So I guess you just keep moving up. Like maybe this is just how life works. Everybody reaches their end goal this early and this is... What happens now? You just kind of let it happen, whatever it is. And you just keep working up. And I suppose you let other people tell you where you're supposed to go. It's not really up to you at this point. And so (laughs) that's kind of what I went with. And I decided that, fine, I'll just be the best, I guess. I don't really have, I didn't really have that vision. But since I'm here, I might as well, you know, excel Nayli be one of the best and that's kind of where I hung out and then about the time that I turned 30 I was like dude you have one dream left one you have a pretty good majority of your life left what are you doing What do you want to do? So then, truer to me than anything that I've said here is that I read all the books, read all the books, took all the webinars, learned all the things, got all the notebooks, got all the planners, did everything, still couldn't figure it out, right? (laughs) And... Somewhere in that time, I also went to a conference, which conferences are super awesome. If you're ready to receive the message for a good majority of the conference, I was completely closed off to what they were saying because I'm like, I already read the freaking book. I know what you're saying, right? And at one point, something had just clicked for me. So about three times at this conference, it clicked that it wasn't the reason that my dreams don't work, or that I already reached them is because they were too small for my life. Not that they aren't the right things for me to be going after. Just that they weren't big enough. And they don't quite align with what I'm really good at or what really sets my soul on fire. And so those were the dreams that I needed to get write with. Those were the dreams that I needed to figure out. And those were the harder things to figure out. I read all the books and I fully understood how you were supposed to dream, how you start writing it down, how you even figure it out. And I still couldn't put pen to paper. And so I had to work myself through a lot of the things that I'm developing for all of you, just to see if That helps you transition into basically dreaming again for your life and taking control. In that conference, one of the times that the conference went silent, I remember writing that life doesn't just happen to me. That I make my life happen. And more importantly, I have a say. It is not up to assignment by someone higher than me. It is my life. What do I want to do? And the Death of a Dream podcast really is about walking through those moments and figuring out how to show up as the real, authentic you. And I'm hoping soon, within the next couple of months, I'll be able to hand you actual handouts and things that can help you on your journey. I'm actually working on developing super specific um, segments developed off of how you behave and what drives you because it's different. You could listen to this podcast and take nothing away because I'm speaking about my experience and I am similar to some people, but not a lot of you and there are probably from what I see about five different ways that we behave when it comes to chasing down our dreams. And so I'm really working on nailing down what those five things are and how to stop you from stopping yourself. Your life is just that it's yours. And a lot of times we leave it open To other people's interpretations and other people's goals and visions of what they see for our lives. That is such a dangerous place to live. Why? Because you're going to end up like me. You're going to end up reaching those dreams or never reaching those dreams because they don't fit you and you're not passionate about them. Right? And you're going to go, oh, huh. well, I wish that I had done this, but it was a good enough life. And I'm grateful that I had what I had. And that's great. But I want you, no, I need you to own your life. To not let your life just happen to you and to start taking control and start saying what you want to do. So every morning we start with a great thing and that isn't just so I can go ahead and tell you how awesome I am although it feels great. Um, it is a little painful at first. Even when I start the morning, I'm like, oh, I'm going to sound obnoxious and everybody's going to hate me on my podcast because I'm just talking about how great I am. But the reason that we do that isn't just so you can hear how great I am. The reason we need to make a habit of that is so you get used to recognizing your own greatness. It's hard to be great if you don't make a habit of it if it only happens once or twice a year your greatness your value happens every day and I need you to start looking for that and if you don't if we don't make a habit of it what happens is you don't know how to talk about it when it happens When you need to, when it's called on, right? And a lot of times that looks like an interview or a, I don't know. Dang, I just sneezed. (laughs) A lot of times when that's called on, you don't know how to speak to it even if you wanted to. That's a problem, people. That is a huge problem. I have to have you adopt and be able to confidently speak to how great you are. And that's why we start the day there. Not because I want you all to believe that I'm great. Because I need to start modeling the behavior. Right? I can tell you to do whatever I want. You actually taking time and doing it and finding it is going to be the difference maker. Me making you think about it and hopefully even making you say it out loud, even if it's just to yourself in response to this podcast, or even if it's just in your head, I still need you to own your greatness. And so that's why we go there. And the reality is that that is going to give you confidence as you head in the direction of whoa, who you want to be, and where you want to go and the vision that you have for your life. Okay, so that's a basic recap of how we got here. That's like the shortened version. Um, But hopefully you're saying, oh, I totally get what she's saying. Or you're saying, oh, this girl's crazy. That really isn't even all that significant. And yet it is. It's more significant, right? And a lot of times, and this is what I would see, Is people who've gone through trauma or extreme instances of loss or problems, or they had to overcome a ton of adversity. And those are the people that we hear from. And when I would try to connect with those people, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I totally, I love what you're saying. I would be like, oh, Yeah, I don't have that big, huge hurdle to overcome. And yet, I'm not successful. And this person is. And so for a long time, I was like, oh, well, your story won't really count or connect because it's not drastic enough. And that's exactly it. The undrasticness of it probably connects with more people than the other right? And it's great that those people have overcome all of that. But I was like, oh, I, yeah, I'm not overcoming all of that. I really actually had a good um upbringing. And I had no loss. And I didn't have to overcome all that much. And so I probably can't go do great things. Because, you know, that's only really meant for those people. And nobody's gonna listen to me. But then I'm like, but here's this group of people exactly like me. Right? Not having all those things, not having all those limitations, or it's small things, right? It's a teacher in second grade, or it's a vision of what your life has to look like because of what your parents' life look like or it's this small town mentality that you can't ever shake, right? Those are the things. Those are the people that need the most help. Otherwise, we all just skate through this life thinking that it's predetermined for us and I am here to tell you it is not. And the bigness or the smallness of your story does not determine your trajectory. Right? And I thought that that's exactly what it did. My story is too small. My why is too little. My impact moments are too insignificant. I didn't play in the NFL or I'm not sure that females can Either way, or I wasn't a division one athlete, or I've never done anything big with my life. But that's just it. Even the smallness, even the middle classness, even all of those things really are what possibly set me apart from everyone else. Because everyone else has these huge moments of shift. And I have those huge moments, but they are relatively small compared to most people. And maybe I can actually connect better because of those relatively small moments, right? Maybe my message hits closer to home because you faced the exact same things. And maybe not exact. I mean, my story is a little bit Crazy, but maybe you had small moments similar to mine. And maybe those small, seemingly insignificant things shaped and morphed where you thought you could take your life. And I think a lot of times with middle class or with lower class, you know, that's what we're built to believe. That it is pass fail. And there is a world that you don't belong to, because you aren't all those things. But how do people become all of those things? I think it starts here, right? Believing in your own greatness. And more than even that, you setting the trajectory of what your life looks like and what you envision for it. And if you come from middle-classedness like this gal right here, welcome. Um, You believe that it's not up to you, maybe. You believe that the, the story's already written. You can't really escape this place. And I am here to say that you can, but it has to be up to you. You have to set the trajectory. It cannot just happen to you. The difference, I believe, between middle class or lower class and higher class is that those people don't get beaten down like the others, right? They aren't ever told that it isn't possible, maybe. And sometimes they are. I mean, do not kid yourself. Some of those kids face more challenges than I even did. Um... But maybe it's because impossibility was never projected onto them. And they actually have people who have done the impossible in their circle. And they have people that tell them that it is possible. And middle class and lower class rarely have those opportunities. And so that is where we're coming from, people. That's what I'm here to do. I'm hoping to connect with your greatness and hopefully my story inspires you to write your own story and to see your own vision of what it looks like for your life. Stop letting life happen to you and start taking control.